I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Bite.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Bite. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Girlfriend's Guide to Sports podcast. My name is Claire Coles, and this is your weekly update. It's Monday, September 25th. Let's start with what you missed over the last week. Then we'll move on to what to watch this upcoming week in the world of sports. All right. Hey, y'all. I know it is hot outside and it has been hot on those football fields. So let's just go ahead and get started. As always, starting with some MLB baseball this week's updates. The Astros had a terrible week, losing all but one game. And the Orioles nipped them in the ninth with a three-run homer, two-win by one to start their week off on Monday with an L. They would split the next two games. Then they got swept by the already eliminated Royals. Yikes. So really not a good week for the Houston Astros. But that wasn't the only team that Kansas City swept this week. It was, they also had a clean sweep of the Guardians. That puts them at six straight wins. If they win tonight, that will tie their longest streak of the season. Brewers pitcher Wayne Wright got his 200th win against the Cardinals on Monday when they won 1-0. The Red Sox finally broke their four-game losing streak, finally, with a win over the Rangers 4-2. That would be Texas's, the Texas team's last loss of the week, however, as they went on to win the next five and sweep the Mariners. That's going to be important in a minute. George Springer hit his 57th leadoff home run on his 34th birthday for the Blue Jays to win over the Yankees. Padres pitcher Snell pitched a seven-inning hitless game and got 10 strikeouts to put away the Rockies 2-0. The Dodgers beat the Tigers 3-2 with a score in the ninth to extend their winning streak to five games. However, it would end there as they lost to the Detroit team the very next day. Also on Wednesday, the Diamondbacks left fielder Carroll hit his 25th home run and stole his 50th base to help his team beat the Giants 7-1. 
The Cubs were on a bad slump, losing seven of their last eight games before they turned it around, at least enough to sweep the Rockies in three straight wins to end the week. On Friday, the Brewers clinched their playoff berth with a 16-1 to win over the Marlins. Saturday, the Pirates overcame a nine-run deficit for the first time ever. Literally, the team has been around since 1882 and is their first time ever coming back from nine runs to beat the Reds 13-12. to in one of the only extra inning games of the week, the Cardinals won 5-2, to which put the San Diego team as 0-12 and in extra innings. That bad of a record hasn't been seen in the MLB since 1969 with the Montreal Expos, which I guarantee you most of you did not know that was a team because I didn't. <laughs> Blue Jays star Springer had another great game on Sunday with an inside the run inside the park home run and some great defensive moves to help the Toronto team get their W over the Rays. The only other extra inning game all week was the Dodgers Giants Sunday night game, which went to the 10th before the Dodgers pulled it out three to two. Also on Friday, Braves outfielder Acuna Jr. has now reached the 40-60 mark. He is the first ever to do so he was first of the, I think one of five to reach the 40 40 mark because obviously we were waiting on him to get his 40th home run to hit that because he literally hit his 40 40 mark 40 50 and then 40 60 all in the same day so congratulations to getting that 40 number in the home run column that is also 60 stolen bases remember it does help the, that the rules have changed this year so now that the bags are bigger and there is a limit on pickoff attempts however Acuna is still in hot competition for the National League MVP with the Dodgers right fielder Mookie, Mookie Betts so they play the same position Mookie Betts has a slight advantage in defensive stats though we'll have to wait to see who wins and then let's go through some of the standings as we are coming to a close here very quickly on the MLB season. And we've got a lot of updates where this is concerned because last week we had like none. The Twins have clinched the American League Central while everyone else in that division was eliminated. The American League West is still open, being led by the Rangers after this week, 87 wins, and then the Astros and the Mariners are close behind at 85 and 84, respectively. So remember when I said it was important that the Rangers swept the Mariners? That's why. Previously clinched title divisions are the, the Braves and the Dodgers. And then the Brewers were the only ones to clinch a playoff berth without a title this week in the National League Central. They have 88 wins and the Cubs and the Reds are fighting for second pretty much with 82 and 80 respectively. So we expect unless the Brewers go on a complete slump, we expect them to be the division champs there. Also, newly eliminated teams in the National League are the Mets, the Nationals, the Pirates, the Cardinals. And in the American League, the Red Sox, the Guardians, and the Yankees miss playoffs for the first time since 2016. Moving along to college football, there were six, six ranked versus ranked matchups this week, which means we were guaranteed six losses in the top 25. And that's what we got. Starting with the matchup in the top 10, number nine, Notre Dame thought they had the game in the bag when they were leading 14 to 10 until literally the final second of the game when number six, Ohio State, punched it in. So I guess the second to last second because they did get to kick off after that, but couldn't get it done with just one second on the clock. Turns out after 
all of that and losing so close. So the Buckeyes get it done 17 to 14. Turns out that the Fighting Irish were actually short a man on the field for the two plays on the one yard line for the, for the Buckeyes. They were short a defensive lineman and only had 10 players on the field. Marcus Freeman, their head coach is a young coach, but he said he takes full responsibility, basically didn't want to get called for a penalty, even though the penalty would have only moved them up half a yard, which you could argue would make the difference because they really almost did stop them. But ultimately it didn't matter and kind of baffling why you don't just take that to get all your players on the field because their defense had looked great all game holding number six, Ohio state to 10 points, a little bit of interesting, interesting call there. Let's say the least we had three ranked first ranked matchups in the PAC 12 alone. So we're going to start with the highest ranked one. Number 21, Washington state had already beaten another top 25 team this season in Wisconsin. And they continued this week beating number 14, Oregon state. It was a great close game though. And the Beavs tried to mount a comeback scoring 21 points in the final quarter, but ultimately came up three points short. Wazoo wins 38, 35. We all know number 13, Bama, has had some quarterback issues this season, so it looked like the perfect time for head coach Lane Kiffin and number 15, Ole Miss, to pounce. But Nick Saban is not the GOAT for nothing. Despite the slow start and no Bama touchdowns in the first half, the tide does roll 24-10. And then it is sad to say that the Cinderella story has come to an end. And I will say that I said that line to my friend before Dan Lanning said it at Oregon because number 10 Oregon put the beat down on number 19 Colorado winning 42 to six. The only touchdown coming from Colorado was in the final three minutes of the game. I mean, there has just been tons of media coverage around this. The whenever you are how should I put this nicely? Whenever you run your mouth, you are going to, people are going to relish in your demise. And that is exactly what's happening. I mean, there are things being said, like they don't care about what happens on the grass. They just care about clicks. So, you know, um, followers and all of that kind of stuff. So it's not one in Hollywood. It's one on the grass, I think is what Dan Lanning said. So again, it is sad to say that the Cinderella story has come to an end. We'll see where Colorado ends up this season. They do still have a very, very tough schedule. They actually play USC this weekend. So, and this is without star offensive and defensive star Travis Hunter, cause he is still out. Number 11, Utah was without their starting quarterback, Cam Rising, still this weekend, but it didn't matter against number 22, UCLA. It had a really exciting start with a pick six in the first 12 seconds of the game. But after that, it was a slugfest with only two offensive touchdowns all game. Utah wins 14 to 7. And then finally, number seven, Penn State shut out number 24, Iowa. 31 to zero. So that puts their head coach, Iowa's head coach in a bigger hole of trying to score an average of 25 points a game that went up after this week when they had a goose egg. So if you, for those of you who don't know, Iowa's head coach has to score an average of 25 points a game. It is actually written in his contract or he will be quote unquote fired at the end of the year. They also could just get another contract, but it is looking like that's being taken very seriously. I personally love the transparency that we're getting. It makes keeping up with this actually really entertaining and good content. So thank you head coach. But, um, 
But it doesn't help that this week also the Hawkeyes had four turnovers. Other major storylines from the week is number two, Michigan had Harbaugh back on the sidelines for the first time this season after he served his three-game ban. You know, it didn't really make, it didn't really make a difference. But the conservative play still continued. The Wolverines only beat Rutgers 31-7. to They are kind of getting in and getting out of their game, so I don't think we've seen all that Michigan has to offer this season. Number four, Florida State had not beaten Clemson in the last seven matchups. And this year looked ripe for the picking as Florida State was ranked inside the top five and Clemson unranked. But it was still a tough game. It went back and forth in game and the stats were maybe a little bit on the Clemson side. But the Knolls were leading 14 to 10 at half. Then Clemson scored a touchdown in the third quarter. Florida State then blindsided the Clemson QB, causing a pick six to tie the game at 24-24. Clemson then then drove the ball down to the end of the field at fourth quarter at the end of the game to kick the game-winning field goal with a minute 45 left on the clock, but they miss. And eventually the combo of Jordan Travis and wide receiver Keon Coleman was just too much. Florida State scores a touchdown in overtime. Knowles win for the first time since 2014. Number 12, LSU had a scare there in a funny if game, as I like to call them. Arkansas was up at half, and it didn't stop there. You kept thinking LSU would pull away eventually. They kind of did, leading 24-16 to at the end of the third quarter, but then the Razorbacks scored 15 points in the fourth quarter to catch up. LSU did manage to kick a game-winning field goal and escape at home. The Playing With Its Food Award goes to number five, USC, which let a bad Arizona team score 28 points on them. They still won 42 to 28, but did not cover. Number 16, Oklahoma also didn't cover, only beating Cincinnati, who lost to in-state rival Ohio last week, 20 to 6. As far as the new rankings this week in the top 25, we had three newcomers, Mizzou, Kansas, and Fresno State, just in time for Kansas to play Texas on Saturday. Because USC played with its food, they got dropped three spots. LSU and Florida State only got dropped one for doing so. Oregon, they also played a little bit more competitive games, although I would argue LSU did not. Oregon State and Old Miss both lost, but in close games and two players and two teams that were ranked. So they are still ranked, but fell five spots each. Notre Dame only fell two, given how close that game was. K-State is the first team sitting outside the top 25. Moving along to NFL, this week in the NFL, there were only five close games within a touchdown of each other. The 49ers are on a roll, though, beating the Giants 30-12, to winning their 13th straight regular season game. Way to go, Brock Purdy. That puts them at 3-0 and this season, and let's see how far they can make it before they drop a game. The Texans got their first win of the season, beating the Jaguars 37-17. to The Texans hadn't scored 37 points since December of 2021 when they beat the Chargers with 41 points. This was Houston's first team's first win last year, too, against the exact same team, the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Packers came back from a 17-point deficit, scoring all 18 points needed in the fourth quarter to win by one over the Saints. Chargers quarterback Josh Herbert had a great day with 405 yards passing and three touchdowns to give them the narrow win over the Vikings 28-24. The Jets 
almost completed a successful Hail Mary on the final play of the game, but alas, fell short and lost to the Patriots 15-10. to The Steelers solidified their W with the third interception of the game to beat the Raiders 23-18. to the Colts handed Baltimore its first loss of the season in overtime, winning with a field goal 22-19. to The Cowboys, who had looked hot in the first two games this season, gave it up on Sunday. And as the Cardinals get their first win of the season, 28-16 to in a shocking upset. Ladies, listen up because T-Swift was in attendance for the Chiefs game where her rumored man scored a touchdown. It was a good day to be a Chiefs fan as they beat the winless Bears 41 to 10. A little bit of pop news, I guess, here is that Taylor Swift is rumored to be dating uh, tight end Travis Kelsey, who is a super cutie. So there are, a, it would be a really fun couple to see. Taylor Swift was in the suite with Travis Kelsey's mom. She was like, oh yeah, well he invited me. Of course I can't say no. Uh-huh. Sure. The Bills put the beat down on the commanders, not letting them score a touchdown and winning 37 to three. But no one dominated more than the Dolphins who scored 70 points on the Broncos to win by 50. Yes, 5-0, not 15, 50. That is the third highest point total in an NFL game ever. The most ever, by the way, is 72 by the 1966 Redskins. The Dolphins were just two points shy of that and then three points shy of the highest scoring quarter ever, 24 versus their 23. Moving along to Olympic sports news, as Ethiopian's Tigest Asifa broke the world record in the women's marathon at Berlin on Sunday. She broke the old mark set back in 2019 by more than two minutes, running a time of two hours, 11 minutes, and 53 seconds. She beat the field by six minutes alone. Congratulations, Asifa. Then Kenya's Yulid Kipchoge won the men's side for the fifth time. Also sticking on the track, U.S. Olympic track and field trials will officially be held at Hayward Field in Eugene, Oregon. No surprise there, but it is official and it will be the fifth straight Olympic trials that will take place at the iconic field. Moving from the track to the pool, Anthony Nesty has been named the head U.S. men's swim coach ahead of the Paris Olympics. He was the head coach for Worlds recently for the U.S. team. He is the first black head coach for the USA at a games ever. He is currently the head coach at Florida and trains powerhouse swimmers like Katie Ledecky, Bobby Fink, and Caleb Dressel. No big deal, but last Olympics, Florida had a gator in every freestyle event, except I think under the the actual like open swim. Nesty was the first black male swimmer to win an Olympic gold when he won in 1988 Seoul Olympic Games in the 100-meter fly. Remember in Budapest, so the past world championships where Nesty was also a head coach, the Americans brought home a record 45 medals surpassing the previous mark of most ever by one country of 38. So let's hope he keeps living up to that potential in Paris. The teams will have trials in June of next year in Indianapolis for the first time. It's usually held in Nebraska and Omaha. This time we'll be at Indianapolis. That is what happened over the last week. Now let's go over what to watch this upcoming week. 
in the world of sports is we've got a couple of different things going on with the end of baseball, like I said, Monday. So tonight, Padres at the Giants at 845 on Fox Sports 1. Tuesday, catch the Cubs at the Braves at 620 on TBS. Then two contenders for the division, Astros at the Mariners at 9.05 p.m. on TBS. Then on Saturday, either the Red Sox at the Orioles or the Rangers at the at the Mariners at 6.15 on Fox. Remember, the Mariners, the Rangers, and the Astros are all three in that race for the American League West Division and a playoff wildcard spot. So ought to be some good games there. What to watch as far as the top games of the week for week five in college football. We've got four ranked versus ranked matchups, and I added another one just for entertainment's sake. So starting with number 10, Utah will take on and will go to number 19, Oregon State. They get no break on Friday. That will be at 8 p.m. on Fox Sports 1. Uh, Oregon State is actually favored, so even though they are ranked lower, they are favored by three. Number eight, USC goes to Colorado. So Colorado also doesn't get a break, and they will play two top 10 teams back-to-back on Saturday at 11 a.m. on Fox. USC is favored by 21 and a half. It'll be interesting to see Caleb Williams versus Shador Sanders. Number 24, Kansas travels to number three, Texas. They play at 2.30 on ABC. Texas Longhorns are favored by 17. Number 13, LSU goes to number 20, Ole Miss. They played Bama last week, also number 13. Now they take on LSU. They will start at 5 on ESPN. LSU is favored by 2.5. And And then game day is traveling to Durham, North Carolina, for the first time ever for the number 11 Notre Dame taking on number 17 Duke. So that is back-to-back Notre Dame games on game day, but this time Notre Dame is the visitor. So Duke, like I said, hosting game day for the first time ever, for football at least, on Saturday at 6.30 p.m. on ABC. Notre Dame is favored by five and a half. In the NFL tonight, Monday Night Football, we've got two games, and then we kind of go back to one after this. So Eagles at the Buccaneers. So it's actually Sooner quarterback versus Sooner quarterback as Jalen Hurts takes on Baker Mayfield at 6.15 on ABC. Also tonight, Rams at the Bengals at 7.15 p.m. on ESPN and ESPN2. It is rumored that Joe Burrow will play. Thursday night football will be the Lions at the Packers at 7.15 on Prime. Then on Sunday, Falcons at the Jaguars will begin at 8.30 in the morning. That will be on ESPN Plus because it is taking place in London, England, so across the pond. So that's why it's over. It's starting at that early hour. Then we have nine games at noon on CBS or Fox, as always. So CBS are the Dolphins at the Bills, the Broncos at the Bears, the Ravens at the Browns, or the Steelers at the Texans. And then on Fox, the Bengals at the Titans, the Rams at the Colts, the Bucks at the Saints, the Commanders at the Eagles, or the Vikings at the Panthers. At 3.05 on CBS, you can catch the Raiders at the Chargers. And then at 3.35 on Fox, either the Patriots at the Cowboys or the Cardinals at the 49ers. And then rounding out Sunday Night Football, the Chiefs at the Jets at 7.20 on NBC. Then next week, next Monday, so October 2nd, so will be the Seahawks at the Giants at 7.15 on ABC and ESPN. 
Golf returns. Last week, we only had the live tour going on. And this week, we've got the Ryder Cup. So the Ryder Cup day one will be on Friday. You can catch that at 1230 a.m. Yes, like midnight 30 on USA. And then at six o'clock also on USA. Remember, this is over in Rome. So that's why the times are a little funky. So better set your alarm. If you're still at the bar on Friday night, you could turn on Ryder Cup Day 2 for Saturday. They will also begin at 12.30 a.m. on USA, continuing on NBC at 2 a.m., and then a normal hour at 11 a.m. Then on Sunday, catch Ryder Cup Day 3. Those will be singles matches, so it'll be literally like player versus player at 4.30 a.m. on NBC. Remember, this is match play and foursomes, four ball. It's really fun. It's a team environment. Team United States versus Team Europe. Last time, Team United States got the better of them. We'll see who gets the Ryder Cup this year. And then only three a little Olympic news or Olympic sports to watch this week. Thursday, volleyball, women's NCAA, BYU takes on Texas at 8 o'clock on Fox Sports 1. We actually have sailing on Saturday, the French Grand Prix at Saint-Tropez, which I believe is the exact same place that the Olympic sailing will take place. That will be at 1 p.m. on CBS, so expect that to be good as most people are going to want to get a run in at Saint-Tropez before the Paris Olympics next year. And then on Sunday, sports climbing, the European qualifiers speed at 6.30 a.m. on Fox Sports 1. That wraps it up for me this week. Kind of fun that we had like pop life combined with sports life with the whole T-Swift-Travis Kelsey combo. So I will be sure to keep you guys informed in case I hear of any more there, as well as, as always, games and times on the blog, The Girlfriend's Guide to Sports. And I will catch you all next week. 